He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Mark 16, 16. This is the Essential Bible Studies Podcast. My name is Tim Young. And my name is Ted Hodge. Welcome to the podcast, Ted. I wanted to thank you for being here. I know you've been a big supporter of the podcast through the first season, so it's really a joy to have you here and discussing such an important subject as baptism. Now, what you've done for us is you've come up with a list of eight important Bible verses in relation to baptism. And usually we ask for 10, but you want a little bit more time for these, so we kind of whittle it down to the top eight. Eight's a significant number in Scripture, too, so I think that's that's all right. I think this is a good number for uh, what we're going to take on today, for sure. <laughs> yeah. It's such a huge topic in the New Testament, and these verses really kind of whittle it down. If you're going to study this subject, I would say that these eight passages are really going to give you a really good idea of what baptism is and what it isn't what the call is, what what it means, and, and what it symbolizes, and how it affects our life, and how it affects our future. You want to dig right in? Sure. Are you ready, ready for this? Number one. Number one. What's your, what's your number one? For, like, this is not number one in terms of importance, but just the number one in terms of the order here. Right. right. To yes. introduce this subject. Yeah. And it, it starts with one that's very powerful, short and succinct, and we're going to begin in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 to 16. And this really takes place at the time when Christ is raised, and he's now commissioning his disciples, his apostles, to go out into all the world. As we read there in verse 15, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Mm. So it's a, a short verse, but there's a lot of key concepts in here right off the bat because you've got belief, you've got belief in the gospel, you've got a follow-up from this in baptism, and a result, salvation. And so in this, you've really got all the key concepts related to baptism. It really is the first act of obedience if you believe in these things. Yeah, it's interesting because it says, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. It doesn't even mention baptism there. It's it Really, baptism stems from belief. Our belief or our faith will compel us or drive us to obey Christ and his commands. Now, it's, it's interesting because this is, like you said, this is a commission of Christ to the apostles. And it's also reflected back at the end of Matthew. He's, he told them to go into all nations and baptizing them. And we see that in the Acts. If you go through and you look at the Acts, it's chapter after chapter after chapter of them obeying this call to go out and to baptize those that believe. So what's your uh, second one? Well, that was a great lead-in because we're going to Acts. <laughs> Acts, yes. <laughs> Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. So there's a lot of different examples in Acts, but you, you pick this one. and this is, Oh, this is a good one, yeah. Yeah, this one's good because, again, very succinctly, it's now breaking down what the gospel message is all about. So what is it that they believed in? We know it's the gospel, the good news. But here in Acts 8 verse 12, it breaks it down into the two major components of the gospel. So we read there, 
But when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and of the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Mm. So again, the benefit of this is that we've got an understanding now that the gospel has these two major components, the kingdom of God. So we want to know all the things concerning the kingdom of God and then the things concerning the name of Jesus Christ. And there's these two components of the gospel that are so important. And when they believe these things, then they were baptized. And what we note here is that it was men and women that were baptized. So sometimes in Acts, as you go through these examples, uh, you do see that uh, there's a reference to families or household. Right. Uh, but there's no explicit reference ever to children. It's always adults because you got to believe first. Right. And then you're baptized. Right, right. I've had people who have started studying the Bible. They were baptized as, as infants when they were just babies. And they have no recollection or, or remembrance of that but they asked me is was, was that's okay right i'm the, or they they refer to themselves as i'm baptized and i says well you know we have no instance of that in scripture every example of it is an adult or somebody who has come to that knowledge that gives them that faith to believe these things and that that's what moves them and so we uh, we never see uh, example of, of infants being baptized. So I say, really, baptism is it's a thing of the mind. It's a thing of, of belief and, and faith, and, and infants can't have that. Right? Yeah, it's, it's an, an important decision and, yeah. and a choice. And so it really comes at a certain stage when you've developed and you have a conviction and a persuasion of a certain aspect of, of understanding of life and, and what this calling is all about. And at that point, you can then make that decision of whether or not you're going to commit your life and your way to these things. Yeah. Now, what I was going to say, it was, it's not some sort of magic act or something like that, right? right. It, it's really a reflection of what's going on inside of you. Right, yeah. yeah. Not something simply on the external that um, you can do and everything is all right. There's right. something got to be happening on the inside here. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. Okay, so let's go on to number three. What's your third one? Okay, well, number three is, well, guess what? We're in the right chapter here, Acts 8, just down the page. So mm. that's helpful. Um, if you just move on down through the page here to verse 26 and on down through this account, you're going to come to a case where we've got an Ethiopian eunuch who is reading the Bible, and he's actually reading it in the Hebrew. He's reading um, Isaiah, and he's reading about the Lord Jesus Christ. But he doesn't fully understand these things, and God sends uh, Philip, to uh, join him in his chariot and to explain to him the things that he's reading. And when he comes to an understanding of these things, oh yeah, there you go. then it comes to the question of, is it the time to be baptized? And we can pick it up here in verse 36 then, and we'll just read uh, these uh, verses here down to verse 39 of Acts 8. It says, And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they both went down, both into the water, mm. both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. 
So this is a great passage because it takes off from what we've said before. You can actually learn the gospel message in Isaiah. And so again, here's an adult that is researching these things, trying to understand these things. In this case, he needs some assistance. And sometimes that's the case. We get some help from somebody else who has researched these things and has come to a knowledge of them and is able to help us get to that understanding. But once you're there, you then want to get baptized because you realize that those who believe and are baptized shall be saved. And obviously the eunuch came to that point and what they saw around them was this opportunity and that there was lots of water. And so with that opportunity, they went down into the water and then they came up out of the water. And you can see that in the first century, it's very clear that this method was immersion. Earlier on in John's case, in John chapter 3, we have a case where it says they baptized it because there was much water there. Right. And so here again, you've got them going down into the water and then coming up out of the water. That's interesting. The actual Greek word that we get baptism from, it's not, it's transliterated. It's very similar in the Greek. It's not translated, it's transliterated. It's the, the Greek word baptizo or baptisma. And we've just kind of taken that over. But to a Greek thinker, this word meant to immerse or to wash or to dip and to like fully submerge underneath. And so it goes against the idea of sprinkling. That's not what that word meant in the Greek. In fact, if you look at it back in other Greek manuscripts and stuff, the way that was used, it was used of like when a a ship sunk underneath the water, it was said to be baptized. I read too that it was used in like when you make pickles, you you take the cucumber and you you baptize it in the vinegar. Yeah, I haven't heard that one before. That's good. Uh, The one I like though is in the dyeing industry. Like they would take a garment, and if you want to dye it, make another color, you would baptize it. You'd actually you know, push it underneath the dye to fully submerge it underneath there and then bring it up, and it would be a completely different color. And that one really seems to fit well with this idea of, of baptism, right? Yeah, that makes a really good impression because it's not simply just going into water, getting wet, and coming out. There's a real change that's happening here. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's going to fit in really good with some of our other passages too. Right, right. Well, let's let's keep going because we've got some really important ones here. So we've seen what it is, who it's for, what it is, how it's actually done. You see that example time and time again. But what is it actually uh, doing? So what's your fourth one? This is number four. Yeah, if you come to John chapter 3, and we're going to pick it up at verse 3 and verse 5. Because here we join uh, Jesus with Nicodemus, and Jesus is talking about baptism here. And he says in verse 3, midway through the verse, except a man be born again, and the Greek is uh, from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So it certainly indicates to us that this being born from above, this rebirth is extremely important. And down in verse 5 then, he explains it in two ways. He says, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So this being born from above Mm. requires us to be born of water, baptized, and of the Spirit. There's got to be this spiritual change, this attitude, this 
now living according to spiritual things, godly things, as opposed to those natural fleshly things. And that's what he goes on to amplify in the rest of this passage. So it's really important. If we want to be in the kingdom, if we want to see the kingdom, we've got to be baptized. Right. So, yeah, just to emphasize that verse 5 again, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I mean, this was Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews and very learned man. But he said in verse 9, how can these things be? And, and Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? And it's kind of strange because I find in a lot of teachings of different churches, they say that you don't really need to be baptized by water. It's just a spiritual thing. You can spiritually be baptized. But that's the emphasis here is, uh, is kind of twofold in verse 5. He says, unless you're baptized by water and of the Spirit. So it is a spiritual thing. It has to be, right? But he's also putting emphasis on the, the water aspect, that there is a ceremonial type here. And I think that's very wise. So you th- we, we don't have very many kind of ceremonies or, or rites that are we're called upon to do. I can only think of two that Jesus has commanded us to do. One is baptism. You know what the other one is? The breaking of bread. Yeah, the breaking of bread, the, the bread and wine, that he's do this in remembrance of me. Mm. There's other things we're called to associate one with another, those kind of things. But really, as, as two rites, those, those are them. And he's commanded us to do that. And I think that's important because like a wedding ceremony, it establishes you know, physically a point in time where you dedicated yourself to God. And it's, there's nothing like that kind of physical act to really kind of cement it in your life. And if you're ever having troubles, you kind of go back there, you go back to the starting place, and you can capture that again in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to actually do the act. And I think it's very wise of, of God to command this. Very much agreed. Uh, under the law of Moses, they were required to do a lot of things, and they kind of lost sight of things that uh, they were to learn from them. But the way of Christ is such that there's a couple of things that are really, really important for us, and uh, they trigger a lot of um, thinking and thought and commitment. And so those two that you've mentioned are really, really important. Yeah. Okay, we're halfway through. We've gone through first four. And we've got some really important ones here, five, six, seven, eight still to go. Okay. So what's just the fifth one? Well, let's go to Acts chapter 22. We really have a set of three coming up here because um, now we're looking at really the, the reasons for baptism. And there's really three reasons. One is a past reason. Mm-hmm. One is a present reason. And one is a future reason. And so three good reasons to be baptized. And the first of them is a past reason, and it's well expressed, and again, very succinctly in Acts 22. And if you come there at verse 16, you'll read the words of Paul as he's recounting the time when he was converted. Ananias was speaking to him. uh, He said in verse 16, And now why tarriest thou? Arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And so one of the really important reasons for baptism is to have our sins washed away. We need to be forgiven of our sins. Sins are a barrier for us in our relationship with God. Baptism is that time when we can have them washed away and we can start anew with this clean slate. We did a podcast last season on repentance. 
through the Acts, you see that Peter says, repent and be baptized. And that's a connecting thought right here. What's going on in baptism is a change in the way of your life. You're confessing to God that you don't like the way that you used to live. You're repenting. And when you do that in repentance, you come to God seeking for forgiveness. And through this this act, God will be pleased with that. And he'll see that and grant forgiveness. So that's how it washes away sins. It it removes that that past life that we all have. But that it's a one-time act, but it symbolizes the the direction that we want to head. But we still fail in life. It doesn't mean that our fleshly nature changes. There's still temptations, there's still failures, but we now have this avenue or this path of forgiveness with God. Uh, there's a special passage in Corinthians where Paul says, I die daily. And it's this kind of aspect that there's now a, a daily baptism almost that's happening in your life in a sense is that you're, you're constantly trying to put away your old life and directing it to the new life. Yeah, that leads us really well into our number two point. Your number two point or your number six? This is Well, our number two reason for baptism. <laughs> number, number two six. reason, which is number six. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. So this is the present. Yeah, yeah, this is the present. Romans chapter six. Now, this whole chapter is about baptism, and we could spend a whole podcast on this, and maybe we'll do that someday. But yeah, sure. right now, we just want to pick up on this concept that baptism is for another reason as well. And not only does it wash away our sins in the past, but it commits us to a right way of living in the present. You give a really great segue there, because obviously in our associated with repentance and an old way of living, we're now coming into a new way of living. So let's just read Romans 6 and pick it up at verse 3. It says, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Hmm. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead, by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, and that henceforth we should not serve sin. See, this is a really rich analogy here of baptism. You can see why it's immersion, because you go down into right. the water, and that's a parallel with really dying. You're buried in death, and you put away the old man, the old way of life. Your sins are forgiven. They're washed away, so to speak. And then you rise up, and like we hope to participate in the resurrection in the latter day, like Christ has already been raised, there right now is a parallel to the fact that we rise up now as a new person, committed to a new way of life, committed to a new attitude that aligns ourselves with God. We're putting aside the flesh, and now we're committed to righteousness. Yeah, that's that's really good. That idea, that association with resurrection, and we've talked a lot about resurrection through the podcast, but this is how we associate with that, how we associate with Christ and walk with him and have that hope. You know, this chapter is, like you said, this is the baptism chapter. If there's there's any place to go, this would just read this chapter and you really get the sense of the importance and the meaning 
of baptism. It's interesting too in this chapter, or at the end of this verse, it says that we should no longer be enslaved to sin. So baptism is this kind of marker or commitment or confession that we're not going to serve sin any longer. It's not going to be our master. Our master is going to be God himself. We're going to walk in obedience of his commands. And so there's just that change, too, that we've gone from slavery to sin to being a servant of of righteousness. It's interesting this relates to Christ a little bit because he couldn't have his sins washed away because he didn't commit sin, but he needed to commit himself to God and the calling and the will of God. And he did so to fulfill all righteousness, it said. He also was baptized. So for a present reason, the Lord Jesus Christ was baptized. And so we do in parallel with him, we commit ourselves to a new master and we become a servant of our heavenly father and and to right ways. Where is that passage? That's in Matthew three seventeen. Oh, okay. So that's when where Jesus gets baptized. Yeah, Yeah. which is very interesting to fulfill Mm -hmm. all righteousness. So it's something that Jesus did by obedience, just like he went to the cross, being obedient to the death of the cross. Mm -hmm. And so he shows us the example. He shows us the way. And uh, we're to be obedient as well. Okay, that was uh, number six. And then our number seven passage, which is our third one. (laughs) Right. Our third reason. Third reason. We've got a past, we got a present reason, and now we want a future reason. And it's very well expressed in Galatians chapter 3. If you turn there, verses 26 to 29, we'll read this here. He says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ's, then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. And so our past sins are forgiven, we're committed to a right way, Mm -hmm. but now we've got a future associated with Christ and Abraham as a result of our baptism. Because our baptism, again, is into Christ. We die, as it were, with Christ, and then we rise with Christ. But in doing so, we become associated with the promise made to Abraham. And that promise was of Christ and of land and of an eternal kingdom and of a multitude that would inhabit this earth to bring glory to God. And so the many commitments that God made to Abraham are now those that we can partake in. So we become related to all those things that we can read back in Genesis chapter 12 onwards. That was reminding me that in Acts 8 verse 12, they believe the gospel concerning the kingdom of God. That's really what this is talking about here too, because when we're heirs or we're we're going to inherit the promises made to Abraham, that's in line with the kingdom of God. There's a future coming where we're going to be inheritors of these great and precious promises that God has given to us. But they're going to be given to people that have been baptized and have put on Christ, as it says here, to live and reign with him for a thousand years. And that baptism, I think, it's important here to also reference that verse 28, where he says, you are all one in Christ Jesus. You have put on Christ. You're then one in Christ Jesus. That our baptism is just not a singular thing that just concerns us. It concerns 
what's called the whole body of Christ, that you're being baptized into a group or a congregation of people that are also following Christ. It associates you with all of those that are in Christ. So it's important, I think, to to draw that out too, that our future, our hope, is something that we share with all the rest that have taken on the name of Christ through baptism. Yeah, that's a really good point, and is in total harmony with that future vision that God has for the world, is that ultimately the earth will be inhabited by a multitude of people that will bring glory to his name. So mm. it's not about just us as an individual, but certainly the collective shared bond in the truth. We believe the same gospel message, we're baptized with the same baptism, and then we associate together and help one another in uh, the path to the kingdom. Yeah, excellent. Wow, these are really powerful verses. I think we've that Romans 6 and this one here in Galatians 3, uh, really, really good. So we've seen seven of our verses so far. This is the our next one is the last one, verse number eight from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. Yeah, and we're going to finish strong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, like there that. are more, but this is uh, a really good one too. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse uh, 20 to 21, we have a parallel drawn for us by Peter of Noah's day to our current day. And of course, in Noah's day, we were at a point where God's long suffering was now getting to a point where, well, we've got to judge this world because we've given long enough for those who are faithful to do the right thing and enter into the ark. And so, of course, Noah did that over that long period of time. And salvation was only at that time through getting on that ark. Otherwise, they were going to be destroyed, put to death in that water, in the immersion of the earth in in water, so to speak. And so there's this parallel. We'll just read here, verse 20, it says, of that day, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. Mm. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so our day is a lot like that day. We've got everyone doing what is right in their own eyes. People are very much busy about life and not putting the time into the things that pertain to God. And so God's long suffering is allowing people to get in the ark. This time it's Christ being baptized, being saved from impending judgment. And so that parallel is is there that's so important for us to, to recognize because this is a huge opportunity for us, baptism. And it's like the days of Noah, only eight souls were saved. And again, it will be few. We hope a lot more than eight souls, but baptism is that entry point, so to speak, into the ark, into salvation. Yeah, it's a, I, I don't think I would have thought of that analogy unless Peter had brought it up here. But you look back at that time period, and that, that flood was the judgments of God upon the whole world. And it was baptism that saved him out of that, as he's drawing here. So it kind of ties in with the way we started from Mark. He who believeth and is baptized shall be saved. 
But as we've seen in these other verses, it also draws out here that it's just not a removal of dirt from the body, as Peter says here. It's just not a bath. It is something that involves the conscience, he says. It's the, as the ESV says, it's an appeal to God for a good conscience. It has to do with our minds, our way of thinking, uh, knowing between what's right and what's wrong. So as we've seen all these examples, it should be moving us in our, our minds to do the right thing. And that's what our conscience does, right? Our conscience bears witness to ourselves that, am I walking right? With God, well, if God has commanded us to be baptized, to change, to repent, and to walk in newness of life in Christ, then we have to do it by water and by spirit. This is really the call for us, right? Really, the the beginning is baptism, and if we haven't got there, we haven't really even started on our our walk in Christ. So, if you're one of those people who have you know, been baptized in, as an infant, I think you can see through these examples that. There's some things here to really think about because the, the calling is for those who, who believe. There's things that God is, is calling us to. Well, Ted, I, I think that's perfect. Eight just fantastic verses there that really cover the subjects so well. I mean, we've seen that a baptism is an act of faith, of belief, that it is something that we we are immersed in, in water as a, a practice and it is that, that act in which we are born again or born of above. And we've seen it does three things for us. It, it allows for the forgiveness of sins, the washing away of our sins. It Presently, it, it pertains to this life because if we're baptized, we're walking in newness of life with Christ. And therefore, we're going to have that mind of the Spirit, as, as Romans talk about. And then it also has a future aspect about the kingdom of God being, if we're baptized into Christ, if we're Christ, then we're Abraham's seed and we're heirs according to the promise. And so we've seen very much an imperative here to, to consider this in our life and, and hopefully be baptized and in that final day, uh, be accepted of him. So I want to thank you for being here, Ted. It's been good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very, very enjoyable to look at these really critical passages related to baptism. As we've said, there's many, many more, but these really get a good foundation for us on this subject. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Dad. If you'd like to share the podcast with those who are technically challenged, We've made some easy step-by-step instructions on how to listen on either an Apple or Android device. So just use this easy link, www.essentialbiblestudies.org help. That's on our website, www.essentialbiblestudies.org help. you really like the show, then you can help us out big time by rating us. By giving us five shiny stars and a glowing review, it will help others to find us. Seriously, Apple and Google use them to boost placement in their searches. In the Apple Podcast app, just scroll down on the show to get to the ratings and review section and tap that fifth star. It only takes a minute, it's easy, and it works.
This is a Christadelphian podcast supported by the Book Road Ecclesia in beautiful Ancaster, Ontario, Canada. Until we meet again, dear friends, I pray to God that you may grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen.